Insider Show. Knights get the puck out of the zone. Here's Stone, leads Stevenson coming in. Down the middle, he gets a backhander off, and it's in! Chandler Stevenson! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Back at it, working our way towards the return to action for the Vegas School of the Knights. Uh, tomorrow night, 7.30 against the Los Angeles Kings right here in Fox Sports Las Vegas. So Vegas School of the Knights radio network pregame show, 6.30 with Ryan Wallace. Golden Knights against Pacific Division rival Los Angeles. And the team is in L.A. They are uh, preparing to play. So everything does point towards uh, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, being on the ice tomorrow night. That is uh, great news. Darren Millard and uh, Ryan Wallace uh, working our way through our number two and uh, looking forward to giving you some updated uh, accounts of uh, the action in the NHL in just a little bit in uh, our one-timer segment. But for Vegas, it was practice today, but practice with uh, intrigue as at City National Arena, we did not see Pete DeBoer on the ice, and uh, we did not see Brett Howden due to uh, those two people being placed into COVID protocol. They join Alex Petrangelo uh, and Evgeny Dodonov uh, on uh, protocol. So four uh, Golden Knights have been placed into protocol since just before uh, that final game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I'm hesitant to say it's a win, but two people, two positive tests, given that Vegas was in the, uh, in the New York area for that long road trip, came back and you had mm-hmm. two, two players pop right before. Uh, just having two positive tests was, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I think that timing wise, based on where the schedule is for the golden Knights, based on what the expectations are for kind of that quarantine period for for Alex Petrangelo and Evgeny Dodonov. Like I, I, I'm kind of right there with you. I do look at this and say uh, the Golden Knights are, are pretty fortunate in this situation to just be down three players and your your head coach. But you know at the same time, I, I don't want to get too overly excited or or way too optimistic about it or overly pessimistic about it because you know the fact of the matter is there's travel today there'll be travel again yeah. uh, coming off of this game and you never know within 24 hours 36 hours the entire landscape can change so um yeah I, i'm just I'm, I'm i'm cautious when it comes to uh labeling things wins or losses when it comes to covid well it's lower than i expected uh, given where they yeah. were and all the travel and uh, compared to teams where it's just exploded and ran through, like Calgary, um, Ottawa, d- different clubs where it's just ran uh, rampant uh, through through the dressing room. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a different way to put it, and it's a lot easier to say things like that when so many people are asymptomatic and we've seen the... Uh, the impact of the double-vaxxed and boosted uh, personnel and, and how that's been able to ward off uh, any sickness. But it can, it can stop it, too, right now, and, uh, and, and work their way through it. Uh, the uh, taxi squad made an appearance uh, at Vegas Golden Knights practice. Let's start with uh, who was on the ice, and uh, that includes uh, the taxi squad, but also includes uh, the return of Nick Hag, which uh, is great because... We didn't see him against the Tampa Bay Lightning in that last game. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a player that, again, this year has taken leaps and bounds 
uh, in his overall game uh, and certainly the the pairing of Haig and Petrangelo and what it's been able to do I think for the depth of the Golden Knights back end, it's it's massive. So uh, you miss what Nick Haig brings to the table. You miss his shot um, from the point. You miss uh, his his ability to defend in his own zone. His his you know ever growing ability to use his frame to his advantage. Um, I, I, you know if, if Haig's able to play tomorrow, that's going to be big for this Golden Knights team. Uh, you know, because you look at just where they're at defensively. If if you don't have Hag again, you're down your top pair once again for the Golden Knights, and they were able to 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 play a, a really good game against Tampa. But uh, when you get behind in a game, the the minutes for a Daniil Miramanov trail off. The the ability to just roll through your defensive pairs that falls off. So it, it certainly allows you a little bit more flexibility if you have Nick Hag in there over, say, a Daniil Miramanov. I'll make more out of this than uh, than there was. But uh, when Chandler Stevenson walked out of the dressing room and onto the ice, he paused at the gate. And I don't know whether he was working on his skates, but uh, but I had this vision in my mind as he stood there for 30 seconds and was gazing around the ice uh, as he uh, clicked the heels against the boards. And I thought, is is he wondering, where are my guys again? Where where are my guys? <laughs> I, just, I just got my guys back. And my guys yeah. aren't out there. Uh, no Max Pacioretty and no Mark Stone on the ice. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not ideal for the Golden Knights. But, you know, if you're able... The way that I look at it is this, right? Like, if you're able to kind of get through a stretch right now where, uh, you know, Stone and Pacioretty don't practice, you're able to limit them in practice, but they're able to go and play during games and still be impactful and effective, then, like, that's best-case scenario here. Worst-case scenario, uh, you're playing without Mark Stone, you're playing without Max Pacioretty, but that's not unfamiliar for this team this year. And though they were able to handle it well earlier earlier on in the year, um, you don't want to have to continue to fall back on that. You don't want to have to continue to ask players to play above uh, where their expectations are. Uh, but at the same time, I think if there's a group that is, is battle-tested and ready, should you not have Stone and Patch ready in the lineup, it's this Golden Knights team. And this is where we can kind of get into old-fashioned analysis of uh, who might play and who might not. Uh, outside of the the COVID situation where it can pop and 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 you're you're not in the lineup. Uh, normally, a player takes a practice off and they're listed as day to day. You assume that uh, that that player is dealing with a bump or a bruise or a strain or a sprain and and get a little bit of treatment. You tape it up. You're able to go. Th- this practice today is is the one off. Uh, in in a lot of regards, because you you haven't played or practiced uh, over the Christmas break. If there's ever yeah. one that you do go out and you get some ice time and you get a skate uh, before playing tomorrow in Los Angeles, it is today's practice. So sure. I, yeah. I read the tea leaves there, and and for tomorrow night's game, I would say uh, I would be on below the fifty percent line. Uh, of whether Pacioretty or, or Stone play, just because of not being on the ice during the Christmas break and then taking today's today's practice off. And I'll put another player into that category, and that is goaltender Robin Leonard. The taxi squad has uh, allowed for three goaltenders to be on, on the roster. Uh, Logan Thompson was recalled, so he is the, uh, the third guy. But the last game, Logan Thompson was actually already 
with the Golden Knights because he was recalled for that Tampa Bay game when Robin Leonard uh, was dealing with uh, something that uh, that he tweaked uh, against the New York Islanders and didn't dress against the Tampa Bay Lightning. It was Bersois and then Thompson on the bench. And for this first practice back, there was no Robin Leonard. Uh, it was the Southpaw, yeah. Thompson, and Bersois. And that also leads me to believe, boy, the, the Robin Leonard's not going to take oh, 10 days off and just jump in. Sure. That's not going to happen. So yeah, I, no. I would expect that uh, that it would be Laurent Bersouat more. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of along the same lines as you. I, I don't expect Robin Leonard to play tomorrow. I, I could be pleasantly surprised in, in, in the event that he does, but uh, just kind of given everything you highlighted there, I, I don't expect that Robin Leonard is going to play for the Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow. I, as far as Stone and Pacioretty go, I, I it's really tough. I, I lean more toward Max Pacioretty playing than I do Stone. Like, I feel slightly more confident that Patrick... Because he finished the game against Tampa? Exactly. If there's a player that's going to go out of those two, uh, I I feel like it's going to be Patrick over Stone. Uh, But, you know, at at this point, it's, it's, you know, we'll see what what morning skate comes about tomorrow and and whether or not either one of those guys are on the ice. And and if they're on the ice for the morning skate and they, you know, they they foregoes they forego today's practice in order to get that that first skate tomorrow morning. Maybe there's something there, but you know, for the Golden Knights, it, it, it's going to be another stretch where, you know, based because based on injuries, they're going to be up against it, and, and there's going to be some some adversity to work through. Yeah, and really, could Max Pacioretty skate tomorrow and and play and be effective? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, Mark Stone. For sure. Yeah, of course. The creatures of habit and and coaches like to know that the player is going to go out there and he's going to be, they they love that one good practice before a game just to see how the body reacts and I use the air quotes uh, in that uh, but they they could certainly uh, go out there Leonard uh, a little less so usually you'd like to take uh, at least one practice to to get some shots and to and to go down that. Uh, that lane. So we'll see. Uh, Bersois, uh, I would anticipate uh, being the, the goaltender tomorrow night. Uh, Nick Hag being in there. Um, we'll uh, we'll see what the combinations are. Uh, they've been they've been sort of everybody's played with everybody uh, on that back end. There's no real uh, right or wrong in 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 that regard. And and I think we we probably won't see. The interesting part will be when Martinez comes back, mm-hmm. what they do with their pairings. Because then yeah. you've got, then you've kind of got all your guys going, and the Hag Petrangelo connection has been so uh, enlightening. One Petrangelo's play, mm-hmm. and and then the Hag impact, his production, his effectiveness has gone way up. Everybody's going to get better with with Petrangelo. That's not sure. a knock against Nick Hag, but. It's been really good, and you haven't seen any drop-off with Petrangelo. So is that a combination that you stick with when you have your starting six, if you ever get to your starting six uh, this season? And what does that mean for the for the other four with uh, Zach Whitecloud, with Shea Theodore, uh, with Alec Martinez? Uh, what, what, do you, what do you do with, uh, with all... And Braden McNabb, those those other four. 
I mean, I mean, it's it's fascinating, right? Like you you look at it, and there's a lot of different ways you can go about it. We we marveled the last year at how you put a player with Alec Martinez, and all of a sudden, it's almost like they're unlocked, right? Like Shea Theodore with Alec Martinez, phenomenal. Alex Petrangelo with Alec Martinez, phenomenal. Um, you know, but the emergence of Zach Whitecloud for me and just his ability to, to kind of step into big moments and really come through uh, this year for the Golden Knights, like he's kind of proven, right? I think Zach Whitecloud has that he's he's ready for a top four role with, with this club specifically. So do you continue with a, a pairing of Shea Theodore and Zach Whitecloud and play Braden McNabb and Alec Martinez? Um in, in you know as as your quote unquote third pair, but you also you get Martinez back on the power play. You know you have McNabb uh, on your special teams killing penalties. Like, is that a direction that you go? Perhaps do you go with with a really solid shutdown pair of McNabb and White Cloud and reunite Alec Martinez and Shea Theodore, knowing what those two have been able to do in the past? Uh, that's a, a really good thing to have in the back of your pocket, just to 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 have there saying you know if if initial pairings don't work out. We know what we have in, in Martinez and Theodore. There's a lot of different directions that, that Pete DeBoer can go with there. Uh, Give me, give me your, your three pairings. And this is all contingent on Hag and Petrangelo staying together. Yeah. So Hag Petrangelo, I I like Theodore and white cloud and and I would play McNabb and Martinez together. That's, that's what I would do. I I go right back to Martinez and Theodore. And that leaves you with a McNabb and White Cloud. And I'm intrigued by that in this because on the surface you go, oh, two two conservative defensemen in McNabb and White Cloud. But does that well, push White Cloud out of his uh, I, mold a little bit more? And we we've seen him push that mold and, and borderline break that mold with, with five goals this year. Does does that allow a little bit more growth and exploration with him? It just might. And then all of a sudden you've got an even better – because I never saw the production out of uh, Zach Whitecloud that you're getting. Mm-hmm. And I think it's yep. fascinating. And how much more is it uh, that, that's there? And with, with that combination with McNabb, you might see uh, a little bit more. And then the, the, the other part is you've got like the, the vaunted shutdown pair too. It's a little bit cliche. It's it's very old school to to say that, but it also gives you, gives Ryan McGill, who runs the defense, that option. Yeah, I, I I think that this could also be a situation. We've talked about it with the Golden Knights this year. Is that they've got different pairings for different situations within the same game. You have the ability to put Petrangelo and Theodore out there when you need offense. You have the ability uh, to go with really any combination of Braden McNabb, Alec Martinez, or Braden McNabb and and Zach Whitecloud when you need kind of a shutdown type of a shift. But, you know, my initial reaction when you said conservative defenseman was Zach Whitecloud, I, I think that that's a little bit of a misnomer. Basically. What he's been able yeah. to do this year based on the fact that he can activate inside the zone. He's not afraid to jump in on the rush. He's had some really smart reads in the offensive zone. Um, you might be onto something. It, it might just bring out a little bit more of that offensive game that we've seen from Zach Whitecloud and take another layer and add it to his already impressive game this year. In COVID protocol, you can put uh, head coach Pete DeBoer and uh, forward Brett Howden 
uh, on the list, along with Alex Petrangelo and Evgeny Dodonov, who were placed in a protocol before the Christmas break. Uh, Petrangelo and Dodonov would be eligible if everything went smoothly for Friday's game, the New Year's mm-hmm. Eve nooner, right? Yep. Okay. That's that's the expectation, yep. The expectation. Uh, for DeBoer and Howden, uh, they are in a protocol, so it'll be uh, next week uh, before they return. Uh, to compensate uh, for these absences within lineups, uh, the National Hockey League has formed the, the taxi squad and reinstated that. It was part of uh, last year's 56-game campaign. And uh, on the Golden Knights taxi squad, you can have up to six players. Uh, some teams will carry six players, especially if they're going through something. Uh, others will keep it to uh, a, a bit more, maybe a three to four uh, type situation. I'll explain why in just a little bit. But the names on the VGK taxi squad uh, right now are uh, Lasician, Rombierg, Miramanov, and Thompson. Two forwards, a defenseman, and a goaltender. Uh, every team's going to have a goalie uh, up there. Uh, and... Yep. That's just in case something happens, you want that goaltender, especially traveling uh, with uh, with the team. You'd like to have that that luxury. Uh, but uh, why why would teams not have the the full complement of six all the time? Uh, it's simply one numbers practice. Practice gets all jumbled around. Uh, two, if you if you've got it, uh, the other one is your uh, affiliate uh, still needs players, and they're going through the same thing you're going through. Uh, with with numbers and and access and then just just games you want you don't want players to be uh, just sitting there like six six players not being being in the lineup uh, uh, the maximum number now if if there's a situation where there's an outbreak on a team you might have the six up there because you don't really know if there's going to be uh, six players popped not everybody has the luxury of, of Vegas and having the the Silver Knights right down the street. Uh, but uh, but that's why I, I think that uh, the the Golden Knights have gone with that that good solid and what will be a pretty consistent number around the league of four. Yeah, I, I think again you you kind of hit the nail on the head early on in the show in, in talking to Mike in, in that you 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 don't want guys up here on the taxi squad just kind of withering away in practice and uh, you want them to play games you want them to be able to to kind of go up and down freely and play in the ahl if needed play in the nhl if needed Uh, but you just don't want guys to get kind of lost in that shuffle and 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 sticking on it on just and just practicing practicing only for however however long it is 20 days is is what they can can be up here Uh, but again again I, i think that you know, with with the Golden Knights and specifically the fact that right now there's going to be an extended uh, homestand for Vegas after this uh, this game tomorrow against the L.A. Kings and understanding how close Henderson is in proximity to Vegas. Uh, it's just another one of those. Uh, it, it makes a whole heck of a lot of sense to have your AHL affiliate in the same city as close as possible um, because it it makes the ability to move players from the AHL roster, the NHL roster or taxi squad, uh, just that much easier. That 20-day cumulative limit to be on the taxi squad, yeah, that's going to put yeah. teams in a bind. Sure. For yeah. your first call-up, who you'd like to be in the lineup uh, should should something happen. Uh, because, I, and, and I think it's a, it's a great decision uh, by everybody involved. And you're going to see different goaltenders come up. 
at, at times. And that's mm-hmm. probably where you'll get the most uh, uh, fizzle uh, out of that rule is if if the number three goaltender in the organization uh, is called up and he, that player hits his 20, 20 days, then you're down to the fourth or fifth or there's the <laughs> down the down the roster of the organization uh, no e-bugs i don't think that'll happen for the la kings uh, they had to place uh, a couple of more personnel uh, on the covid uh, protocol list this happened yesterday dustin brown and ole matta uh, were placed into protocol mm-hmm. they joined goaltender cal peterson quinton byfield uh, the rookie phil Deneau, uh and uh, but drew dowdy was activated here's the thing vegas is missing head coach Pete DeBoer for that game tomorrow. Uh, I don't know who's going to be uh, on the bench to help out Todd McClellan because he's down a couple of assistant coaches. Yeah, it's uh, Marco Sturm and Trent Yanni uh, also in COVID protocol for the LA Kings. So it's going to be, you know, again, it's not just players that are being impacted here. It's coaching, it's head coaches, coaching staffs. um, And it, you know, it's going to be interesting tomorrow for the for the LA Kings because uh, they're down some important players. Uh, you know, Phil Deneau, Dustin Brown, those are two important players for this LA Kings team. It allows them and, and has afforded them depth down the lineup this year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're you're missing some some assistant coaches. That's not going to be an easy situation, and it's not as you know, I think as synergistic as it, it's going to be for the Golden Knights. Like, yes, you're going to miss head coach Pete DeBoer, but uh, you have your assistants right now, knock on wood, available to coach tomorrow, and, and they understand exactly what is going to be the expectation on the bench. Um, the same might not be said for whoever is going to fill in for Marco Sturm and Trent Yanni. You realize we should be getting ready for the Colorado Avalanche game? Like at this yes. very moment? It's amazing how you just yep. pivot and you move on. But but every, we're supposed to be at uh, have to. at section 104 right now, uh, T-Mobile yeah. Arena. Countdown towards yeah, I mean, uh, the Colorado Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights. You just you, you have to like there's there's nothing else that that you can do right now in, in this situation. Like you you have to be fluid, you have to be flexible, and and you have to kind of divorce yourself from having rigid plans. It's just not the the age that we're living in right now to to expect that things are going to go off without a hitch because uh, that's when you, you tend to run into the most obstacles. So 14 games were scheduled for today. They've been postponed. Yep. Why coming off the, the Christmas break? What, what's the impact of one day? And you're, you might be asking yourself, here's the situation. When, when under the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement of the National Hockey League, you uh, gather and you travel. De- December twenty uh, seventh uh, is the one day all year where you travel for a regular season game. Uh, if you play on the road on the same day as you play, mm-hmm. what they didn't want, what they they saw as the potential is teams gathering, testing, any delay in testing, team has to fly, and and then play. You didn't. You wanted that little buffer zone to test, Mm -hmm. have the players be able to work out, and then travel, and not just throw them on a plane and then take your chances. So just by by postponing today's games, especially with with 28 teams going and, Mm -hmm. and 
doing uh, all the things that you do as a team. It just gives you that little buffer zone uh, into uh, containing the the virus. Tomorrow, there's four games. Uh, Vegas and Los Angeles will go. Montreal faces Tampa Bay and Arizona against the San Jose Sharks. There's one game that's, uh, that's postponed, Columbus against Chicago. But, mm-hmm. but you are going to get three-quarters of, of your games in tomorrow uh, at this time, including a cross-border game. And yeah. that, that one's interesting because I, I see it more intriguing going the other way, uh, American teams going into Canada because of, of the government and the, and the cross-border. But just the fact that you're getting the Montreal Canadiens, who, by the way, have nine people in, in COVID protocol, and the Tampa Bay Lightning have a slew of people in COVID protocol. Uh, that one could be, uh, if there's one that I see on the forecast, like that it that is in danger of being uh, called off for tomorrow, it's that one, because Tampa doesn't have any goalies. Uh, they had their goalie coach practicing today uh, for them, and the e-bug was at the other end. That's where they are right now with their with their goaltend. Now they 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 are looking at calling up uh, the American Hockey League goalie for tomorrow, uh, but uh, but Montreal and Tampa, the, the you've got a cross border matchup tomorrow is is encouraging. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and you know, we look at that game, and of course, as you as you just mentioned, there's a lot. Uh, in terms of COVID with Montreal. There's a lot now uh, in terms of COVID with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Could that game be postponed tomorrow morning? Yeah. For sure. But I think that that would be the, the, the encouraging part is I don't think it's, it's going to be postponed because of travel and restrictions at the border. I think it's just simply going to be a matter of do, either, do, do one or both of these teams not have a 20-man roster to play the game? And that's, that's really the, the guiding beacon here. Uh, the other part is we, we were uh, very curious going into that game against Tampa whether it would happen. And we said we, we weren't going to be sure until the puck dropped. Uh, I think yeah. I think going forward, the National Hockey League is going to be very cognizant of, of spectators and, and the, the crowd. And we'll have an idea in the morning. They, they don't want people in the way to the rink. Uh, they certainly don't sure. want uh, people getting to the rink. And, and the game being called off, uh, if possible. So uh, I know that there's a fine line that the league's walking on uh, right there, but uh, if anything's going to be postponed, we'll know early enough uh, in the day to make these suitable arrangements, and I'm speak to to uh, the fans on that. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it's one-timers, some uh, really interesting uh, developments in the world of hockey, including with Team USA, and it's uh, Olympic contingent. Uh, that's coming up on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Biggest story in the National Hockey League before Christmas was the possibility of the National Hockey League and the NHL players pulling out of the Beijing Olympic Winter Games. That happened uh, right before the break, and today a pivot from USA Hockey in response to the National Hockey League withdrawing its uh, participation. Uh, USA Hockey has replaced uh, head coach Mike Sullivan and the general manager Billy Guerin. 
to run the teams uh, from an NHL standpoint. And now the club's uh, club will be uh, operated by David Quinn, former New York Rangers head coach. Uh, he will coach Team USA in Beijing. And the general manager is former NHL goaltender John Van Beesbrook. Uh, both have been involved in USA Hockey's uh, formation uh, of uh, the Beijing contingent. Quinn was going to be an assistant to Mike Sullivan, who's the head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins. But because Quinn is certainly not, uh, currently not employed uh, by a National Hockey League team, it makes it an obvious uh, step that uh, he would uh, slide over and take over the reins of Team USA. So David Quinn will be the head coach of Team USA and its hockey team, which will be made up of uh, Americans playing in Europe, uh, American Hockey League players, or uh, college players uh, for the Beijing Olympics. Yeah, I think it's a, a good opportunity for David Quinn, right? Like he gets an opportunity to go over there, and, and you know was was looking forward to it as an assistant. I'm sure it would be uh, is is really really looking forward to it now as a as a head coach. And uh, you know, I think just generally, you, you go over there, you have a great tournament, you you find a way to, to to win some games, and all of a sudden, who knows what avenues open up for David Quinn when he uh, when he gets back from Beijing? So it's an opportunity, take it, run with it, and. Uh, and do great things. So I talked to him last week for the chirp, and yeah. we were connecting. And before we recorded the podcast, uh, we had uh, this meeting set up, and he couldn't make it. They did make it, and then he was on the fence, and they did make it. And then we recorded. So I was bugging him, going like, "What's going on? Like, you're in, you're out. Yeah. Uh, when are we? When are we going to do this thing?" He said, "I got, I got a couple of things going on. I'm like, good things." bad things he, now he's the, my podcast isn't necessarily about uh about breaking news it's entertainment and, and telling some stories and sure. and so i wasn't gonna push him too hard on it and but he said good news i thought it might be announced by now so i spent the last few days wondering is he is he taking over one of the interim coaching jobs uh in the national i believe we got a couple of guys that are that are in there till the end of the season and because I just thought it was an obvious one that he would take over Team USA. Yeah. Very uh, obvious one. But uh, we'll, uh, we wish him the best of luck. And, uh, and I, I can't – you're right. It could, it could be uh, a situation where he, uh, where he just uh, gets a, a little more pub. And, uh, and we saw what the success uh, did for uh, Gerard Gallant, the World Championships. Mm-hmm. Went went right uh, and got the uh, the New York job, Rangers job. Uh, oddly enough, uh, mm-hmm. taking over from from David Quinn. Now Quinn is interesting because he tried out for the 1988 team as a player, mm-hmm. and that team uh, in in Calgary at the Olympics, and he came down was diagnosed with a blood disorder and couldn't play. Had to temporarily retire. Came out of retirement for the 1992 team and was a late cut. So this is, he finally gets his Olympic experience and he'll be the head coach of uh, Team USA. So uh, really happy for him. Uh, Seattle uh, Kraken have lost a key player for the rest of the season, Brandon Tanov, out with an ACL injury. And he was, he's an energy guy, Brandon Tanov. But he's also scored a ton yeah. of goals for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Um, I mean, things have not gone well this year for the Seattle Kraken, especially if, if you kind of compare them and 
you know, I, I think a lot of people still do compare them to, to what the Golden Knights were able to do year one, unfair or not. Um, but yeah, losing a guy like Brandon Tanev, who is just simply all motor, right? Like all motor all the time. You want you talk about a guy that if nothing's going right for his team, he will single-handedly drag every single one of his teammates into the fight. That's Brandon Tanev. Uh, heart and soul guy. And it, it's going to be tough for the Seattle Kraken to kind of move past that one. It, it's it's definitely a, a bummer for Tanev, and it's a bummer for Seattle Kraken fans. Evgeny Malkin and Brian Rust each took uh, part uh, in practice with full contact for the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, since being injured. Hey now. Yeah, uh, Rust... Uh, uh, could return when the Penguins are scheduled to play Ottawa on Friday. Malkin is not expected to be ready by then, but it's a really big progress and very encouraging for your Pittsburgh Penguins. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I gave Sidney Crosby a phenomenal gift last year. That's Evgeny Malkin shortly off of LTIR. So uh, every step in that direction is a step closer to me delivering that present to Sidney Crosby. So, well done. Keep going. Tampa Bay Lightning have a bunch of players placed in COVID protocol. Braden Point, though, could return. Uh, He's been out Mm -hmm. for 14 games with an upper body injury. Uh, He practiced with the club and could play tomorrow night against those uh, Montreal Canadiens. And Nikita Kucherov uh, actually took part in practice uh, today, getting some time on the power play. Uh, but he's not uh, he's not expected back. But uh, I can tell you one thing. Uh, there was a few people drooling watching Nikita Kucherov get some reps uh, on the power play. Toronto Maple Leafs uh, uh, wondering whether or not Mitch Marner will be back. Uh, he's been out since early December after uh, colliding with Jake Muzzin during practice and hurt his shoulder. Uh, and uh, he's uh, he's expected to be back soon. But uh, the coach, Kyle Dubas, saying... Uh, or sorry, the general manager, Kyle Dubas, saying that uh, his rehab was slowed down uh, because of the pause in, in the activities, and uh, and they're not quite sure exactly when Mitch Barner will be back, but he is, is, is practicing. Just want to mention, too, uh, on a Vegas School of Knights front, Nolan Patrick uh, has practiced without the non-contact jersey for the last mm-hmm. number of practices. Uh, yep. There's there's nothing uh, brought up today in the media session about Nolan Patrick, but when you're looking at all these players in the taxi squad and and players in and out of the lineup, he's kind of flying under the radar. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder about his participation tomorrow night. <laughs> so, you know, I, I look at it kind of in the same way. I. I'm not saying that I'm expecting Nolan Patrick to play tomorrow for the Vegas Golden Knights, but I won't be shocked if he does, if that makes sense. Like, this is a player that, you know, I think when he's ready, like that first game that he's eligible, that he's ready, that he feels he can go out there and contribute to his team, he's going to be out there playing for the Vegas Golden Knights. And, you know, especially when you consider the fact that you might be without Pacioretty and Stone tomorrow. Um, that would be a perfect time for Nolan Patrick to get back into the lineup and, and try to help this team win some hockey games. Yeah, that's a great way. How did you phrase that? I'm not expecting him to be, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, much. Uh, that's That's perfect for me. Um, sums it up uh, wonderfully. Uh, for the Minnesota Wild, they've got the big game coming up, the Discover 
NHL Winter Classic against the St. Louis Blues at Target Field on Saturday. It's a Saturday night. It's an evening game in the Winter Classic uh, this year. Uh, but the Minnesota Wild uh, confirming that defenseman Jared Spurgeon and Joel Erickson Eck will not be able to play. Uh, Spurgeon was injured in uh, November, uh, re-aggravated a lower body injury uh, this month. Uh, and uh, so he's out of the lineup. And Erickson Eck, who's, uh, who's a real game changer for them, uh, he doesn't fall under the Kaprizov uh, side of things, but uh, but boy, can he get them going? Uh, he's uh, he's also uh, out due to COVID nineteen concerns. So that's uh, that's just imagine knowing right now, like your whole season really does revolve around when the front half of your season about around that that outdoor game, and everybody's thinking they they don't want something to happen because they want to be able to play in that game, and and he's uh, uh, those two players will be out. Yeah, I mean, it, it. there's nothing guaranteed in, in professional sports, right? Like, you, you think you have a team going into the year that can compete for a Stanley Cup, and, you know, along the way, who knows where your season may end up. But, you know, for the St. Louis Blues this year, for the Minnesota Wild this year, uh, a guarantee, a, a game you circle, a game you want to be in no matter what, is coming up on Saturday in the Winter Classic, and, and that just sucks. Like, there's no other way to put it. Um, you know, like, especially for... You know, a guy like Spurgeon, who uh, is really uh, one of those heart and soul guys, captain of the team, just just kind of one of those guys that bleeds um, through and through for the Minnesota Wild. And, and as you mentioned, Joel Erickson, a difference maker. Um, it just sucks to not be able to play a game, to be so close to it and not be able to play. Uh, that's a bummer. Uh, Boston Bruins have played in a number of winter classics. Uh, not this year, but they do have some uh, some lurking drama around their team or anticipation around their team. Uh, Tuka Rask skated with the Bruins yesterday. Unrestricted free agent, but he could be ready to play in three weeks. Uh, He said that he's going to be a very um, affordable goaltender for the Boston Bruins. (laughs) Uh, His his days of looking for $7 million uh, a year are, are over. And he uh-huh. wants to end his career as a Bruin. So whether that's already happened or whether he signs again, and he's going to be uh, a, a Bruin uh, from for the next uh, year or year or two. But he says he's going to be a cheap goalie for them. They've done uh, the scheduling. They've looked at it. Uh, he's uh, practicing with them. And they've kind of circled uh, a, a date. And, and that's in and around uh, January 18th when the Bruins host the Carolina Hurricanes that they're looking at. Tuka Rask making his season debut. It it feels like without an actual contract signed, that this is a foregone conclusion. Tuka Rask, who's coming off uh, off of surgery on his hip to repair a torn labrum, uh, it, it, Tuka Rask is going to be in in the lineup and he's going to play this year for the Boston Bruins. Yeah, I I don't see any way that that doesn't happen. Um, you 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 just pivot Jeremy Swayman to the uh, to the taxi squad you uh, you sign Tuka Rask for maybe less than what you're paying Jeremy Swayman and now you have uh, a goaltending duo of Tuka Rask one of the best to play and uh, Linus Olmark so uh, the Boston Bruins get better at a at a position that they've traditionally been very very good at and who knows well done hmm. make it happen what about a trade does Jeremy Swayman stay on the roster as uh, a goaltender with Tuka Rask and you pivot off Linus Allmark and, and you move him around the league 
because he's the goal, goaltending's been good for them. And they're exactly yeah. their numbers are exactly the same, except Swayman's uh, younger uh, and and would probably get the nod to uh, to stick around. Yeah, I mean, like you look at it from this perspective, and you know, Olmark right now he's he's seven and five, nine to nine twenty two save percentage and a two five two goals against average. Uh, you don't think that there are teams out there that are struggling with goaltending yeah. that would uh, that would bite at that carrot? Uh, yeah, I, I mean. It's certainly something. Uh, that being said, multi-year I, contract for Allmark. I, so I, there's there's that. I look at Yeah, like I look at Allmark, I look at the Boston Bruins, I look at the questions maybe surrounding Tuka Rask, like is this the swan song? Is this the one year uh, that that Tuka comes back, he plays and and he retires at the end of the year? Like you, there's cost certainty and term there for Linus Allmark. Um I guess it really depends on what you think your your long-term future is beyond uh, Tuka Rask for maybe this season and next. Like, if you think Jeremy Swayman's that guy, then sure, you can move off Linus Olmark. But if you if you're not convinced there, uh, you've got Linus Olmark for four more years. I, I think that at five million dollars, that's that's pretty reasonable. I, I don't know that you move off of that. Have you watched any of the World Junior Hockey Championship that are underway in Red Deer and Edmonton? I don't have a bet with you, so I have not watched much of it. It's been all Christmas for me this the, the past couple of days. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, today's day two of uh, official action. Uh, Team USA opened with a win over Slovakia, 3-2. That game wasn't as close as uh, as one goal, or you could say it was close because uh, uh, the Slovakians just never went away in it and and scored a late goal uh, to get within one. Good game, good opener for, for Team USA. Uh, Jake Sanderson is a beast it's just the way he skates and and controls the game uh so impressive to to watch him uh play uh but nate lehman's club that's uh trying to defend uh, a gold medal at the world junior championship for the first time in u.s history uh off to a, a nice little start they're in that group of death uh at the world junior hockey championship uh, uh but getting off to a win uh in that one uh, Sweden, Russia also uh, in, in their pool. So it uh, would have been uh, devastating to lose to Slovakia right out of the gate. But uh, but uh, really positive uh, that t- Team USA was able to uh, to uh, av- avoid an upset early. They lost their pre-tournament game. Each team got one pre-tournament game. Uh, they lost that uh, against uh, Team Finland. Uh, it was a major penalty that Team Finland took advantage of and then scored in, in overtime. Uh, but they, they bounced back, and I thought they looked pretty sharp. Well, that's that's positive. That's a great scouting report on on Team USA from uh, from Darren Millard, mm-hmm. a, a man who I think learned a, a valuable lesson last year during the World Junior Championships. Well, there's underestimating some, the United States of America. There's been some uh, weird games so far. Czechia and and it's the Czech Republic, but would now has formally asked the IIHF and the media to refer to it as Czechia. Uh, yep. Had a three-one lead on Canada early on yesterday mm-hmm. before Team Canada stormed back and, and won at 6-3. Lucas Cormier's looked great uh, for Vegas Golden Knight fans uh, on that blue line. So that uh, put some uh, angst into uh, Canadian blood. And Sweden upset Russia 6-3. The Russians didn't look great at all and then turned it on and made a game of it before Sweden pulled away. And uh, Russia's goaltending has been really subpar. In fact, today... They went with their backup for the whole game. They pulled the back, uh, the starter in the first game, uh, Skarov, a Nashville Predator first-rounder, and didn't even play him today in a 4-2 victory over Switzerland. 
Russia's fascinating to watch. They've got all kinds of skill and young. They're they're younger uh, than I ever remember them. But uh, but boy, do they have skill. But they're they're unpredictable. And Finland uh, has had two skates early on, uh, and they're off to a, a great start. But uh, fun to watch. Fun to watch this tournament uh, take over and uh, with the different skills. Uh, USA. I'm rooting for them to to make something happen here. Uh, never. They've got a couple of gold medals in the last five years, but never in the entire history of the tournament has the U.S. managed to win back-to-back gold medals. And uh, I'd love to uh, to see them make a, a run out of it. Those are your one-timers uh, for this Monday, December. I don't know what age it is. Uh, we'll be back with more on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Looking forward to it. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights back on the ice tomorrow night against the Los Angeles Kings. 7.30 is the face-off. Pre-game show with Ryan Wallace at uh, 6.30. Tampa Bay Lightning interaction tomorrow with the best uh, points percentage in the National Hockey League. Uh, 44 points uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Vegas is in top 10 position, and uh, they've been battling injury all year long. And Vegas also can take over sole possession of first place in the Pacific and the Western Conference. So a lot going right uh, coming out of the, uh, the Christmas break for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, it's it's going to be a really good and, and big opportunity for the Golden Knights tomorrow, regardless of who is or isn't in the lineup, uh, to keep going and, and find some find some points, find two more points, and, and keep winning. So, uh, you know, for the Golden Knights, nothing really changes. The, you just kind of reshift your focus back to the task at hand. And right now, for this team, they're where they wanted to be at the beginning of the year, top spot in the Pacific Division. Now it's about continuing to string together wins to stay there and improve their positioning for the playoffs. I had Coach Pete DeBoer and COVID protocol along with Brett Howden, Alex Petrangelo, and Evgeny Dodonov uh, have been placed into COVID protocol prior to Christmas. So there's uh, four people around the organization who will not be part of that game uh, tomorrow night. And uh, there will be testing uh, tomorrow morning uh, before the team skates at, uh, at the new Crypto.com arena or center, Crypto.com <laughs> center. Uh, they changed the name over Christmas. It's no longer referred to as the, uh, the Staples Center. Uh, so that'll give us, uh, after that testing, uh, give us a much better idea of, uh, of what kind of lineup the Vegas Golden Knights will have as they take their taxi squad off to, uh, to Los Angeles. But 32 games in, 20 wins, 12 losses, 40 points on top of the Pacific, 8-2 and two in the last 10 They've made a lot of hay lately. Uh, might be back to their their roots a little bit early on in the season, having to get by with uh, with some others instead of uh, Pacioretty and Stone, who didn't practice today. Yeah, and again, it, you rely on that past experience. And, and for this Golden Knights team, if if you are inserting Lecision, if you're inserting Ron Bjerg, if you're inserting Miramanov, like you understand and you know what these players. Uh, were able to do for you then. You know what they should be able to do for you now, and you should have confidence in, in those players to step up and do a bigger role uh, if need be. 
Vegas Golden Knights uh, pregame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas and the VGK Radio Network at 6.30 tomorrow night. And uh, then we will give way to uh, the play-by-play call of the Golden Knights against the Los Angeles Kings at 7.30. Full pre- and post-game action right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, Enjoy your night.